Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Welcome to the Bridge Podcast. 2023 has seen the world change a lot. Globally, the pandemic is nowhere to be seen. China's economy, according to the IMF, is set to grow by 5.4%, outpacing most expectations. The U.S. and China have resumed regular talks. BRICS invited on new members. Henry Kissinger passed away, as did Li Keqiang and others. And inflation dropped from 10% to 3.2% in the U.S. What has 2023 meant for you, Bebe? Oh, um... Let's see. A lot of news to take in for me, 2023. I think in the past year, I've paid attention to world news more than like ever, because in comparison to the recent year or two, things were so peaceful, you know, like there was a norm that we lived according to. But all of a sudden you see world structures changing like it's changes at that level. So um, a lot of new things to learn. And uh, I am on also on the 51st book of the year. And hopefully, wow, maybe I will add one or two because I'm nearing the end of this one by the end of 2023. And that's about wow. like the average uh, for me for the like the past 10 or 15, 20 years. Um, so, mm. yeah, that's a lot of news, a lot of thinking and a lot of breaking out of old boxes, which I think is crucial and looking forward. Yeah, that's my 2023. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, I think it's interesting that you talked about reading books. It's an interesting topic for me because I only read maybe 20 or 30 books a year right now, mm. but I used to read like three books a day. So what? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, How? when I was 20, 21 or 22 to about 36. And then I was just like, I've had it. Mm. And I took like a few years where I only re- read like five books. Mm-hmm. And now I'm back to like just a normal kind of range. But you read so much online and so much yeah, now online interaction. It's the new thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, in order to put these shows together before I choose like kind of a topic I want to do in a, you know, usually a week or two ahead, I probably read like 300 news articles. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, this one is the one that I think interesting. So <laughs> that it brings me to an important question for our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before I ask that question, I just want to mention, if you want to be part of our conversation and tell us, you know, what you're looking forward to in 2024 or what 2023 has meant to you, mm-hmm. please email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. And also, so, baby, a, oh, go ahead. a personal request. Um, I would love mm-hmm. to hear what our listeners have been reading, you know, for the past year. Mm-hmm. Any good recommendations from 2023? I would really love your list of best books of the past year. Yep. That's a great idea. Please send us your your favorite uh, books to read. Maybe we'll read them and we'll talk about them on the mm-hmm. air. So, baby, yes. we've done, I don't know t- how many shows, at least one, sometimes two a week the entire year. What have you been your favorite episode or episodes that we have done? I think most are, I, I think all of them turn out better than I expected because always, always like before the show, I felt like, oh gosh, I've not prepared enough. Even though I've spent like hours you know, reading about things and jotting things down, thinking, but I always felt like, no, nah, I'm not ready for this. Um, but then as we start talking, I think, you know, you, you see like fireworks going, in, in, I bet in your head too, and also in my mind and things coming together. And I think that's the beauty of interaction. You know, when you are holed mm. up in your own little world, um, you get like deeper into your own 
like little hole and you feel like there's no end to it. But then if you lift up your head, your mind, open up your mind and you talk to other people and there's beauty in interaction and you see information combining and you see chemistry uh, interactions between different informations, different opinions, different perspectives and kind of the show just balloons and fill itself up Mm. somehow. So that's something beautiful. Um, Instead of like remembering one particular show, I think that's probably what I remember the most. Well, certainly, yeah, I've gained a lot from talking with you throughout the year. Ideas that I would have never had on my own. One of the ideas that I thought uh, was especially interesting for me that we talked about Mm. is recycling of, um, you know, lithium ion battery technology. Gee, you you look out at the (laughs) world. Very (laughs) specific. Well, this is very helpful for me. You know, when you look, when I look out at the world, I see like you, like we've talked about many times, so many things that problems that are going on. Mm. Our show, and I know this seems a weird, a weird stretch, right? Our show's the bridge and we're trying to connect people around the world, different cultures, different countries, different nations, right? Mm. But, you know, these are problems, global problems. They're something we all share. So actually, even in, even though it's like something kind of negative, mm. like, you know, the, the environment, you know, might be going out of control in some ways, it's something. It's a problem that we can all realize that we need to work together on. Mm -hmm. But like the recycling of battery technologies, because we researched this together, we talked about this together, we learned about this together. It really helped me realize there's a lot of hope, actually, because, you know, Mm. I think it was 95 percent of all of the chemicals and, you know, metals and stuff can be recycled Mm -hmm. out of these battery technologies. You know, before I we we prepared for that episode, I was like, I thought they were just going to have to start dumping batteries into giant holes in the ground. You know, and so when we when we started realizing together that we can recycle these things, Mm -hmm. it made me think about a different kind of future, a future where there is hope or maybe, you know, maybe we figure it all out together as humans across the world. Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic about that. I remember this particular show we did. Uh, from which I learned that they pull apart these batteries and like literally try to reuse everything. I think it's still like in process where we need to get better at it. But at least some people are still Mm -hmm. doing it. And hopefully, you know, investors in the future are willing to invest more in recycling. And this also reminds me, one of the shows we talked about, um, there's this cafe where people, uh, I think it was in Europe somewhere, uh, where they go Mm -hmm. fix things. Like maybe it's every weekend and they take their broken like water pot, a water boiler or vacuum machine to this little cafe where some, you know, people, handyman who can fix anything um, will fix up these items. And so that they get a second turn in life, a second chance in life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like looking forward to things like that popping up more, especially as things are getting more expensive and younger generation are learning to live um, within their limits. And uh, it's also really good for the environment. I don't remember the name of the cafe, but repair cafe. Repair cafe. Okay. So that's uh, something I really look forward to, uh, you know, seeing more in the news. And another show I remember is uh, just the past one of the past shows we did about energy vaults. Um, because I oh, yeah, didn't. That, that's really interesting. Yeah, because it was, you know, it was new for me. And now I have this image of this um, 
this ugly building exactly from the outside, really boring. <laughs> but then with like well, maybe they can make them pretty something. Yeah, like graffiti, <laughs> like outside of this uh, yeah. energy building, where inside uh, bricks made of compound dirt and other things weighing what? How many tons? Like twenty tons or something? I don't know. Like <laughs> a lot of tons. huge bricks yeah. being lifted up in the air as a way of storing energy. I mean, like who would have thought, right? But this is an idea that I think even people without education in science or without engineering background can understand. Because when you let that down, you know, it's going to produce energy, just like the you know water dam. So I think these um, are great opportunities uh, of learning for me and hopefully also for our viewers. Yeah. Hmm. As we talk about a lot of environmentalism a lot, I guess it's like 10 or 20% of the shows we do are something to do with the environment because that's something we connect on. Mm -hmm. That's something we can talk about across cultures because we all share the this one earth. If we start, you know, ruining it together, then we all suffer. If we start right. saving it together, then we, then we all will have better outcomes for, you know, our kids, mm -hmm. their kids, their kids. Exactly. So, so I think that's, I, I wanted to talk about this because it's popular. All kinds of shows are talking about word of the year. Mm. So uh, there are different dictionaries that have put out some information about what they think are the most searched words, or they have said that they think are the most pop words. So this is from Oxford. This is corp.oup.com. Eight words to go head for head. <laughs> Oxford word of the year 2023. So I thought we should just go through some of what these does head to head like, mean? Go head to head. Head to head means like competition. It uh, means like a, to go to head to head would be to like have a fight or to have see. a boxing match or to have a chess match or something. Okay. Words but, fighting. Uh, Let's see. Okay. So Swifty. Uh, so that's someone who loves Taylor Swift. Right? Do you know her <laughs> music? Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah, yeah she's very popular in China. Yeah. Oh, very yeah, popular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Her concerts are, I think she gets paid. If I, I may be incorrect. I think it's 10 million. She gets paid $10 million per concert concert mm. that is beside all the rest of the money that's involved mm -hmm. but then that goes to head to head with de-influencing so this is people who uh reduce their it's like a what's a boycott kind of it means mm -hmm. boycotting it's a new term for boycotting so de-influencing so that's going on right now in with some products because of different conflicts or mm. maybe someone who backed the wrong thing that people are upset about so people yeah. will yeah. de-influence that product mm -hmm. so that's the practice of uh, discouraging people from buying particular uh, products or reduce their consumption of using certain materials via social media. Mm -hmm. mm, that one I can well, understand. Of, yeah, I think I think it's really interesting. Well, I mean, it's 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 not like a new idea. It's just a new word, a new way of saying it, because boycotts have been around forever, you know? Yeah, but boycott sounds a lot harsher, you know, like de-influencing. Yeah, it just sounds so. mild, but actually it affects more people like in a broader right. area. Yeah. A beige flag. This is new to me. Actually, I didn't know what that meant, but I guess it means, especially pertaining to a person, mm. it's uh like not that interesting, boring, bland, like huh. yogurt, you know. Okay. So if, like if, vanilla if, yogurt. If you might say of someone, <laughs> you could say like this, how did your date go last night? Oh, he's a beige flag, which means like, oh, he's just boring. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well Vers versus mm -hmm. go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying and that. The reason it's versus. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was just saying that. This is kind of unfair fair to to the word to the color beige because it's beautiful on its oh. own right <laughs> yeah sure i guess if you're into like digging in the desert or something mm. um so versus riz so this one is actually i i knew about this one it's pretty cool so like you uh i you would say that i don't know brad pitt when he was young or maybe even when he was young <laughs> 
well, okay. you know, come on. Brad Pitt in his yeah. 20s is like quite the man. It's all so right. Someone yeah. who has Riz, especially of a male, mm. is someone who is like, you know, very charismatic, very, you know, suave. Huh. So a beige flag versus Riz. So how did your date go last night? Oh, he's got Riz. So that hmm. would be that. Like know, someone who's opposite. attractive, right? Stylish. Yeah, well, attractive. Not just attractive, but like also, you know, there's something more than just physical appearance, like the, the way that they move, their physicality, mm -hmm. like their, you know, their mannerisms, maybe their voice, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it gives off a certain, uh, you know, is I guess people, I my opinion is that different people find different people would have Riz. Because mm -hmm. I don't think there's just one type. I don't really think that that's how it works. So you would say someone has got Riz, like he's got Riz. Is that how you use it? As a noun. Yeah, right? he's got Riz. He's he has Riz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um Charm. Okay. Charm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, another word that was on the list is heat dome. So which mm. means persistent high pressure weather system over a particular area. Um, but as you can imagine, it means a lot of heat has been trapped under it, underneath. So mm. in the past summer, there were a few days, uh, at least here in Beijing, where it was like 40 Celsius degrees. 40 degrees mm. Celsius or 41 even. Mm. And the actual temperature on the ground could even be higher than that. So something like wow. that. So I think this is more like um scientific like weather term, heat dome. It's very mm. visual, right? You can almost see that. You know, I know there's another word here, but I wanted to talk about one that I heard this year. Maybe it has already just been around and I'd never heard of it until this year. Mm. But in California, there was a in the spring of 2023, it was absolutely dumping water after everyone was worried there was going to be a drought. There were there's no more drought. Mm. And they were calling this dumping of water in California a sky river. Sky and River. It was all over the news oh. in California. All over the news, they were talking about this Sky River. It was it's happening. So I was like, "What is the Sky River?" That sounds very English. Like you know, it's like <laughs> someone uh, like some uh, a word that a Chinese person who doesn't know English very well would make up. You know, Sky River, like river in the sky, <laughs> pouring down buckets of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was absolutely dumping water, mm. or so they called it a Sky River all the time. But I guess heat dome is versus prompt, which is different from, you know, I guess it's the same. It's the, just using it differently. An instruction given to artificial intelligence, AI. So yeah, my wife taught me all about how to prompt the AI. Huh. It's very complicated. Okay. I've not yeah. really stepped into that huge pool of new things, artificial intelligence. It is... You could just write, draw me a picture of a jelly bean that is also a happy cartoon character with a top hat. And it'll do that. Mm. But if you use specific prompts, mm -hmm. then it'll do it more specifically in the style that you're looking for. Okay. So you could play with that all day. Yeah. It is fun. It's actually, you know, you can do some silly things. My wife, Summer, last night was making Buddhas that looked like Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting combination. Yeah. Listening to the bridge. Down the list, anything else? Sure. New words? Uh, well, it's parasocial versus situationship. Situationship is, I think, I don't think that came from 2023. Huh. I heard that as early as 2019. I think that it maybe just got popular. Mm. But that's just like when people are in a complicated relationship and uh, they haven't defined it in, in this in the traditional sense. Okay. Parasocial, I did. I only heard this year, but I don't know if it's just came out or not. Mm. But parasocial is like, mm, OK, it's usually actually used for... Uh, 
um, famous people. So mm-hmm. that you might know a, a young boy, for example, he's 15 years old, but he has posters of Taylor Swift in his bedroom, right? He's obsessed with her. And, you know, that's he's like got all of her music and he writes fan letters to her all the time. Mm-hmm. He's in a parasocial relationship where essentially he is. I don't know. He, he loves her. The in celebrity a way. And this, is a friend of his. Something like that. Right. Okay. But she's completely unaware of his existence. Aww. So that's parasocial. Poor boy. <laughs> but I think that's probably the case for a lot and a lot of uh, fans of celebrities. Right. So yeah, especially here in China, the young ladies get really obsessed with the what are they called? You know, the pop stars that do all the dancing and stuff. Uh, so see, I yeah. as I was reading these words, I feel like I'm really old because I feel so far away from <laughs> these new words. You know, they're like just um almost not just distant but like weird like they're not really in my sphere anymore Uh, but there's this one word that i um could uh i guess identify with or could have some interaction with and that's the word deep fake and that's nomination from merriam webster uh 2023 word of the year so deep fake i think that's becoming quite a problem in social media and this means of course an image or recording like a video that has been convincingly altered or manipulated to misrepresent someone as doing or saying something that was not actually done or said and this one stood out because i've been seeing more and more of these videos for example of like elon musk speaking fluent chinese like in the video with his mouth moving right. it, according to the chinese pronunciation today yeah I, I get anyone to say anything right now but yeah. you know how misleading that is for people who are not <laughs> aware of tricks like that because the first few times i i saw these I wasn't really aware that these were artificially done. I was just shocked. I was like, why is he saying that? Well, what, what's going on? And then if you look more closely, you feel like there's something odd about the way their mouths are moving. Mm. Like such as someone like yeah. Chinese person speak just entirely foreign language and, and quite fluently. So this is... Anyone can do that now. And I know. It's so easy. But a lot of In people like who are not aware of it will take that as uh, actual information. And it will influence yeah, their understanding of uh, of the world and also their opinions. So I think this is something that's um, that's troublesome, right, in many ways. I mean, it probably serves certain purposes, but I think maybe the danger of things like this happening is greater than its benefits because I think people will be able to use that to manipulate others. I want to give you a, an example of how it can be used. Sure. So, for example, you could take Elon Musk, who's given a 10-minute speech, and I could do this right now. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. Take Elon Musk, who's given a 10-minute speech in English, and then I can run that through a couple of programs really easily, and in five or 10 minutes, he will be speaking in perfect Chinese, mm. dubbed with by, by AI and you know other, other tools. And so his lips even move slightly differently. So it looks like Elon Musk is saying the same exact 10-minute speech, but now it's in Chinese. Mm. So now I can play that for my Chinese friends and say, hey, this is a speech I like by Elon Musk. Mm. And people can listen to him as though he were speaking fluent, normal Chinese and understand the same speech, but only in their language. So we don't even need like subtitles anymore or even people. We don't even need to hire dubbers anymore. You could mm. just completely redo like a speech in another language in 50 languages, pass it around the world and everyone gets the same idea from the same person. You know I what would be more cool. fun? If you would do that in like local dialect, like your friend, let's say he's from like Shandong <laughs> province, right? They have a very distinct that sounds a lot Shandong dialect. And if Elon Musk could hmm. speak like in Shandong 
dialect or like Henan dialect, that's going to be so much more influential because <laughs> it's just going to be so much fun. So I guess it depends on the intention of the person making this new product, right, or this new video.、Uh, whether or not you、yeah. want to cheat people into doing something, or you just you want to populate, or you want to like.、Um, I guess spread misinformation on purpose. So it really、right. depends on the ethics,、uh, moral of the person using this technology. I think for now, it's easy enough for people who are aware that it exists to、mm-hmm. tell when it's fake. For now, right, right. The people who have no idea, like you pointed out, they may not be able to tell because they wouldn't be expecting that a fake video would have been made.、Mm. But for the rest of us who are aware, for the, it's a little jerky, so you can kind of tell. I want to play a game with though. I want this is not exactly tied into the year, but I th- I want to play a quick game. I have a picture here that I found last. Last night, and it's Gen Z words and phrases,、mm-hmm. and I want to go through them、sure. and see if you and I can figure out what they mean. Oh, Gen Z, okay.、Uh, some of them I'm not going to say because I'm so thrown off.、Uh-huh. Okay, so this is sus. Any、huh? idea? S U S sus. No, suspect. No. Yeah, you got it. Well done, baby. That means like it. That's suspect. You would be s- suspicious of when so someone does or says something that you don't trust wholly.、Mm-hmm. You say that's sus or that guy is sus because、huh. you you're suspicious of it. You well done, baby. You nailed it. So you okay. Could be so that's not even a long word. <laughs> suspect is not a long word, and people are just abbreviating it like that. <laughs> okay. Well, it, yeah, they just say he's really sus. It's kind of like a cool way to say.、It. Okay. okay. Here's okay. another one. Rent free. Rent free. Like not. Not its literal meaning.、Mm-hmm. Not its literal meaning. You're just stealing something, taking something like without paying. Good try, good try. Rent free means you usually say, "Okay, I'll I'll give you an example." And so you say, "Okay, someone's always talking about how much they hate Elon Musk, for example."、Mm. And you could say, "Elon Musk lives rent free in your head, right?" What does it mean? Rent free. He's. Uh, like he's occupying your mind. Yeah, but... exactly. You got it again. So you say rent. You could just say rent free if someone's talking about Elon Musk, and that means this person is obsessed with Elon Musk. Maybe they hate him, right? But they're、mm. saying it's usually like a kind of an insult, kind of like if someone's always talking hum- about how much they hate like pineapple on pizza.、Mm-hmm. You could say pineapple on pizza lives rent free in your head, and that means like even though you say you hate it, you're never you never stop talking about、mm. it. So like I you see, know, obsessed with. And you're not quite、yeah. benefiting from it. Like you're not getting rent out of it. <laughs> I don't know if that's part of the meaning of it. Rent free, okay. So this one, no cap, N O space C A P, no cap. No cap, just like no、uh, limit to something. Isn't that what it usually means? I, maybe that's it. Oh, you know, I think you might be good at this, but I'm not actually sure.、Huh. Uh, another one they have is oh, I know this one, drip, 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 R I P, drip. I don't know what that. I mean, last one I'm gonna do. It、drip. could be okay. Drip means、uh-huh. if you dress up really nice. Say you know you go out to the、uh, NCPA with your husband and daughter. You all dress up, you know, three piece suit. And you you put on your best high heels or whatever,、mm-hmm. and you like a necklace or whatever, and people see you and you look like all bougie, right?、Mm. You could say, "Wow, you really dripped out," or you have all your drip on.、Huh. That means like you have very nice clothes. That means like、tire. you're dripping with riz. <laughs> We probably sound so old. To I know. To us, <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> We are in our forties. <laughs> We're trying. Yeah. I have a list here, CNN.com, 2023 in review fast facts.、So、I thought maybe we go through some of these that you think are interesting. Did you t- take a look at this?、Um, yeah, hold on. I just there's one more word that I want to go through. It's from dictionary.cambridge.org, and the word we all know is hallucinate. But the new meaning of it is when a artificial intelligence hallucinates. 
it produces false information. So maybe from now on, for all these verbs, a lot of the verbs that are applied that have been applied to humans only, especially regarding our minds, we we need <laughs> yeah. to re- apply this to artificial intelligence. And um, so the word misinformation or false information have come up quite a few times already in this show, and that is something we need to be aware of, right? In the future, mm-hmm. literally from like this year on, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. has become part of our lives for most, mm-hmm. like even ordinary people. Not just for scientists or for like uh, tech geeks who you know work in artificial intelligence. It is among the population now. You know the masses now. So almost no one I know doesn't use it. Every I mean, everyone I know seems to have use AI at their work or in their business or in their free. I'm the caveman. I'm the cave woman here. I have not tried it. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll send you some free uh, stuff today after this show okay. that you can play with. It'll blow your mind. Ooh. You'll just ha- you, no. you spend an hour just. I, I like my mind i don't want to blow my mind i i could okay, gently know, I modify my mind but don't blow it <laughs> okay wait can i talk about this hallucinate thing real fast yes, because i was in a car with my wife and i wanted to i knew about hallucinations and i wanted to teach her she was like no no it's accurate it knows everything you don't even need an encyclopedia and i was like let me show you why you shouldn't trust ai mm-hmm. and so she's like okay she gave me her phone it takes audio instructions so i i said to it tell me the life story of american based Baseball player Johnny Johnstone Johnsonson. It thought for a second and it started telling me about a baseball player named Johnny Johnstone Johnsonson. And it turns out that there was someone with a similar name, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the same name. Mm. So it just kind of like guessed and took a leap. You made that so up. So the person that I asked, yeah, it made it up. It's, it took someone's real life, kind of bent it a little bit and fit it to what I was asking. I see. And I learned how to do this from reading articles that if you ask really bizarre names and you have to give them like a special place. You say, tell me about French philosopher. And then you just make up a French sounding name mm-hmm. that's you know, is not a famous French philosopher. Mm. And th- it'll me- tell you a story. And sometimes it's completely fabricated. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's based on a different person's life. But this is it's hallucinating. It's actually trying to answer your question so hard that it makes up an answer instead of just saying, I don't know what who that is. You know, that worries me. Just the amount of misinformation and the possible creativity um, that can be around this, that can be generated by AI, not in a very positive sense. I think it's worrying, especially for like younger kids and the younger generation or people who are not familiar with technology. We're going to be living in a sea of misinformation and it's it will be our responsibility to stay alert, to stay logical to use our rational mind and uh, to be reasonable. I think these qualities will be more important than ever before in this new age Mm -hmm. so that we can, yeah, our mind wouldn't be filled up with like just junk from everywhere. Kind of agree with you. And I also see it from a slightly different perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that people raised in affluent areas, wealthy areas where they're that good access to education from kindergarten to high school, like China, the United States, Canada, Europe, etc. A lot of places like Australia, I, want, I don't want to kick people out of here. All the places with really good quality educations are going to, those kids are going to learn what AI can, can do and cannot do because, you mm-hmm. know, there are actually assignments pertaining to their homework with using AI, disproving mm-hmm. AI, mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. My concern is people who grew up in maybe uh, currently impoverished places 
I'm not going to name any countries or areas. Mm. And then they will not be prepared for it. And they might get really confused. Right. So I think it's going right. to create a, a divide between the people who are most educated. Another new divide between the people who are most educated and least educated. You know, because there'll be this whole other generation of undereducated people who are confused by all these new tools. That reminds me, I think in uh, education in the future, and I'm not even talking about distant future, like starting now, we should have classes in uh, classes teaching kids how to distinguish rational information from misinformation, from uh, just like pile of garbage of uh, information, because that ability is going to be so important. It's not going to be a class of just like true or false, but it's going to be a class teaching kids to think logically um, using the, real, the, the evidences that they have um, and using their own mind to reason their way out of it, to be able to learn to distinguish you know, what's possibly true and what's possibly false. Don't you think that's going to be important for future generations? The ability to stay sane, stay logical and uh, rational is going to be more important than ever. Interesting. I don't know about in China. You're going to have to fill me in. You're a mother of a child in the education system here. Let me go first. In the United States, because it's broken down to all 50 states, and then some states break it down into districts. And some states take the whole state as one big block, like Texas. They all have the same school books. In California, you have every school district, which is smaller than counties sometimes, have their own school books. So in different states in the United States, they do teach what you're talking about already and have for actually many years. But what's some of the new tools coming out are they're replacing some aspects of social studies. Like, let's just take the social studies and throw it away in some cases and actually teach kids things like basic finance. You know, how to invest your money, how to save money, how to, you know, not spend too much, you know, what to do in, in for retirement. So like that's a high school. 50% of American kids as of this year, 2023, in the United States are taking basic finance, which is a, a you see change away from the way that education used to work, where a lot of kids would learn a lot of uh, skills in school that were not always the most useful. So the uh, applicability in our modern age of education educational uh, vehicles is changing. So I wanted to ask you maybe, mm -hmm. you know, in our current day and age in 2023 going on 2024, are the kinds of things that you're proposing kids ought to learn things that kids are learning in China? Hmm. What are the things that I propose they should learn? Well, you is propose that, that they should learn being able to differentiate misinformation, disinformation from real information. Oh, gosh, that's hard to nail. Like if you try to focus it in one small area, because I think it's more of a personal ability, you know, to think mm -hmm. things through rather than just mm -hmm. take whatever people feed you. Right. My my daughter is still uh, young. She's in fourth grade. Like the things she's been learning is still basic, like, you know, basic math, basic Chinese, uh, English and things like that. So I'm not too worried yet, but it's an you know, in daily life, I'll start telling her when she's reading some myth or some news, you know, we start to tell her that, you know, it's fun to learn to read about, but these are not quite true and reasons why. And we warn her that in the future, you read a lot, people will tell you a lot, but you have to be able to think whether or not it makes sense. And that's the ability that we definitely will try to help her foster in the future, whether or not this makes sense. You know, maybe you're not going to be 100 percent right, but you're not going to be 100 percent wrong either, as long as you have this ability. So but it's a long term thing, right? It's mm -hmm. a tr training of process of thinking. So that's a that's okay. a huge topic. Maybe some other day. Oh, yeah. 
listening to the bridge. Um, so going to things that happen in 2023. Now, this may not seem like a big deal for folks in China, but this is a gigantic deal for people in America. Tom Brady, football player, uh, announced his retirement after 23 seasons in the NFL. I know that, oh, it's just football or whatever to people out here. But in America, Tom Brady is like in, to many people, to millions of people, he's more famous than the president. So like Tom Brady retiring in 2023 was like a gigantic deal for him. But why was that a surprise? I mean, athletes retire, right? Well, it's not a surprise, but it was, that's something that it's a cornerstone of 2023, something that happened this year that matters. Tom Brady was probably the most famous man in football from like 2015 Mm. and 2010. Mm -hmm. Now he's still the most famous man in football and now he's retired. It was like Michael Jordan retiring in basketball. I see. It was a gigantic deal. Okay. That makes sense now. Hmm. What other things caught your mind? Uh, what other things caught my mind in this year? Well, I think it was interesting that uh, Facebook let Trump back on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Or that he when did he get off <laughs> like two years prior? You know, I'm not sure. I think I think I think it was probably right around the election time because he was kicked off of a bunch of platforms mm. right around that time. OK, yeah. um, well, for me, I think the event worth noticing and remembering is happens later in the year, like October 7th. Mm-hmm. I think that's when the problem in the Middle East kind of shocked everyone, right? Mm -hmm. The reopening or reignite, like things just blew apart. Um, But of course, uh, a lot of undercurrents led to that. In a way, I think the world will be a little more different, right? And also mm-hmm. November, early November, right? President of China met with President of the US. Now, that was something that people were hoping for, but nobody was mm-hmm. sure if it would happen. So it did happen. Mm-hmm. And we're still in the process of seeing how that will, you know, change things coming up. It's been a it's been a hard, really hard year for the US, I have to say. So many things happening and also engagements around the world, um, political wise, military wise, and And we don't know what's coming and hopefully things won't turn out too bad. And also it's a year of uh, up and downs in the economy, right? Um, Hopefully Mm -hmm. we are looking into a better future. But as we all know, not just in the past year, um, but in the past few years, uh, there's some major jiggling of the world order or the world, um, you know, political or economic and even supply chain structure. And things are not falling into places yet. It's still in that process. So um, it might seem turbulent in all these areas. I'm looking forward to things um, quieting down, settling into proper places in the coming year. So a lot more news watching still. And I think people would um, should do that, too. Instead of just living mm-hmm. kind of um, mindlessly doing our everyday things, we should all look up a little bit, see what's happening around the world, because uh, eventually that's going to impact all of us. So, well, and speaking of looking up, I was I am very interested in space. Mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff happened in space technology, space travel this year. So I'm not sure if you're aware or uh, or not, because this just happened. But China launched its first space plane into a high elliptical orbit around the Earth about a week or two ago. Hmm. And this space plane, it doesn't have people on it, but it is capable of reentering the atmosphere as a plane and landing on a runway like the space shuttle that the United States used to use 15 years ago and they retired. So in the future, China may 
increase its mass and size and put people in it and have a reusable space shuttle. Hmm. So is it reasonable to say that this is like an airplane that flies really, really high, like higher than normal? No. It, why was it, why is it, it not a rocket? Like, why is it not a spaceship, but a space space plane? Well, because it has wings. So let me try to huh. explain it. OK, this it operates in the same way that the United States used to operate its uh, rockets with shuttles. It launches on a rocket. At a certain point, when the rocket runs out of fuel, the rocket drops away, and eventually China will be able to uh, recover those, reuse those in the same way that SpaceX can. But the space plane then enters into LEO, low Earth orbit. It's in orbit outside of the atmosphere, orbiting the Earth. This particular one goes into an elliptical orbit. So then it entered into an orbit which is shaped like an egg around the Earth, where sometimes it's closer to the Earth and sometimes it's further away from the Earth. And it is uh, like a, it's operating like a satellite. Mm-hmm. But in the future, China, the Chinese National Space Agency, CNSA, it's the NASA for China, mm. may increase its size and put people in it and then they would be able to go to for example the space station Mm -hmm. or further and then come back to earth and instead of dropping into the gobi desert (laughs) with parachutes Uh it will land on a runway wow okay so uh a better landing basically (laughs) right a higher altitude (laughs) like softer landing that's a good sale right (laughs) tickets will sell better for me as someone who loves space i love seeing new gigantic technological breakthroughs Mm -hmm. and if china is on the verge of like having you know uh people go to space in like planes i'm that's you know that makes uh, me excited that excites me i think maybe the world does not pay enough attention to uh china's space development yet because um, you know, Elon Musk makes so much um, like headlines in the news about his, uh, you know, rockets. And even when it fails, people still congratulate, you know, him and the company on making breakthroughs. It was still, those, it's still amazing. Those those two tests were absolutely amazing. And that rocket is probably the most advanced rocket system ever designed by human beings. Right. So, uh, SpaceX is doing amazing things. I'm, absolutely. I'm saying I'm really excited for when they finally nail it. At the same time, I think people um, like the Chinese. What do you call it? Is it like an organization? Chinese National, National Space yeah. CNSA. They are a lot more low key. Like they don't, there's yeah. not as much hype about what they do in the news, but they are really steady. You know, they, they make mm. incremental yes. progress according to plan. And it's not exciting news as much, but when that adds, like things adds up year after year. And someday, you know, people will notice, wow, look at all the things they've done. Look, look at all the achievements. They're not like headline material, but if for someone who's really interested are, in space, actually. not as much as, if, you know, you, yeah, Elon Musk. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what, what news you're reading. I read about China's space program. I guess it's the algorithm. Mm. I go to Yahoo. It feeds me space stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I go to MSN uh, because it feeds me space stuff because it knows, hey, this is a guy interested in space. <laughs> he might buy so something. I, I see a lot of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So I see a lot of stuff about Chinese Space Agency and the U.S. Space Agency because both are doing really great things and SpaceX, obviously. So I think if I can, I want to talk about the space program just please, a little before please. we move on. Yes. Uh, you mentioned low key, but moving forward, maybe a lot of people don't know. And this is something you're right about. People probably don't know is while the Chinese Space Station is slightly smaller 
ex- from an external point of view for surface area than the ISS, the International Space Station, which is scheduled for, for retirement in 2030, the Chinese space station has more internal volume for people because it's more efficient and the technology came out later. It has smaller, uh, the walls are actually not as thick and full of junk, you know, because the computers are smaller and the systems are smaller. So it has more internal volume for people, more internal volume for air than the ISS, even though it is smaller externally. So I think that, you know, China, it just like with high speed rail, China came later, has the best stuff. And so now China's got its own space station. It came later and now has the best stuff. So I think that thanks for the summary. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, okay. What else? What else happened this year that kind of excited you or maybe depressed you you or you found interesting? uh, Well, there are um, things enough to be depressed about, but I choose not to. (laughs) Yeah, I choose not to. Um, And I think things are still working themselves out. Um, but I do want to spend a few minutes uh, sharing some of the books I read that I think are worthy of mentioning. And maybe some of our listeners will be interested. Are you interested, Jason? Are these books that came out in 2023? They didn't come out in 2020. I read them in the past year. Okay. Of the books that I want to mention is Why Greatness Cannot Be Planned. Uh, the Myth of the Objective. It's by uh, Kenneth O. Stanley and Joel Lehman. So this book was really an eye-opener. Um, I try not to spend too much time about it. Um, it challenges the way that we normally approach um, like goals and objectives. So I think the way we've been preaching and we've been preached is that you set a goal, right? And then you go towards that. That's how you uh, actualize your aims. That's how your dreams come true. But uh, they tell you that in cases of greatness, and by greatness, I don't just mean like getting a good score or things like it means like the invention of things like the computer, right? Not just the Apple, but the computer itself from zero to one, you know, things coming together into this thing called computer, that kind of greatness, that kind of uh, creativity. Now, in cases like this, it's not going from start to finish. And it's not trying to shorten the distance between the start and the destination, because in all these great inventions and um, great works of creativity, the finish line is not in sight, you know, along the way. And so what is it like? How is greatness accomplished? It's not planned. But basically, it's a process of going through endless random uh, trials and errors is an accumulation of incremental progress, some here, some there, until eventually it end up in something coming together in something that no one could have envisioned, like just no individual could have like created or on its own, on her own. Um, And that's, you know, that's why greatness can't be planned. You have to have enough space of um, trial for trial and error. Uh, You have have enough time for things to happen. So a little bit like evolution, it changed the way I think about evolution. Um, For some people think that, oh, you know, the process of evolution is accumulating in uh, amazing creatures like us, you know, like humans. That's not the case at all, right? Evolution is a process of uh, trial and error and then um, selection of the fittest. So things like that. Um, So this is a book that I would recommend to people who are into creating new stuff. It will open your mind um, and change the way you work. It will allow you a lot more space in just, you know, playing around uh, to broaden your area of uh, understanding. 
So that's one book with understanding. Is that, um, have I sold the book to you? <laughs> that sounds great. I was hoping you could tell us uh, from a Chinese perspective, maybe what are new popular trends and like words or maybe interesting events that happened in China that Western people might not be aware of. Anything dramatic or interesting that happened in China in the year 2023 that people outside of China would just not know about because they are not on Weibo or Weixin or all these other platforms? Hmm. I think about the Chinese economy a little bit because people talk about that a lot lot and there are a lot of negative views right uh, on the Chinese economy because they see certain numbers in certain areas like real estate and they think that you know things are not going so well and I think that's a really biased opinion I am very hopeful mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying that you know Chinese economy or the world economy is at a high point uh, in any way mm -hmm. I think the, the whole well, global wise right after the shock to the supply system and also geopolitical reasons Nobody's doing really, really great, right? Um, but I think China came out from, if you do a comparison, China is, uh, has registered positive growth and even growth at around 5%, you know, over 5%. That's already amazing. So, and also we talked about this in past shows, um, whether or not you think China's economy is doing well depends on which areas you're focusing on, right? If you're just focusing on uh, the, 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 let's say, um, the real estate, and then it's going to be like doomsday, right? Or feels like ne ne it's never going to pick up. But if you're focusing on like new energy um, uh, or like, you know, s some kind of new area, there's the old three, there's the, you know, the, the new three, then your numbers will look very different. And I think structure wise, China is also uh, it's literally upgrading itself. So in times of upgrades, there will be turbulence. And that's that's just part of the deal, right? Just back, you know, decades ago, um, during the opening up, uh, reform and opening up, it wasn't particularly smooth or great at the moment, right? While all those changes were first happening, a lot of uh, people, you know, lost their jobs, but a lot of new jobs were created and bursts of uh, creativity and economic growth followed after the, that turbulent period. And I think we should give China that period of time too, right? And not just focus mm -hmm. so much on specific numbers and specific in industries. So that's something I want to mm -hmm. share about, you know, China from 2023. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. You know, at the beginning of the year, a lot of people said that unemployment was kind of a problem and it was only about 5.4% unemployment, which is not that bad. And now it's 5%, which is well within the three to 5%, which is nominal. So I think that a lot of people who were down on China ended up being proven wrong and China ended up doing far better than anyone. It, a lot of people would have anticipated. We have enough time to do this. So I want to do this. And I know it's a little sad, but I want to go celebrities that I know of in the West, at least, who passed away. So this is something we do on Western programs when we talk about a uh, year. So Matthew Perry, and this is a, a lot of Chinese people who know this Chandler. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Friends is one of the most popular Western TV shows of all time here in China. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I know everyone I know. Everyone I know, you know, there's so many people with the name Phoebe now. <laughs> It's probably she because is of cute. Friends. Yeah. Well, you yeah. like in China, people don't just watch friends. People like study friends. 
I think a lot of people <laughs> learned English from that, from watching that show. Yeah. So they will be yeah. like, they'll watch it with the subtitles, uh, like a few times for each episode. And then they'll watch it without the subtitles to test their English listening ability. That's probably that a Chinese TV show. We should be doing this with baby. Uh, Do you have an equivalent of friends that any Westerner could watch it? That, you know, several seasons of it over and over. You know, my TV has Chinese. been broken for like years. <laughs> So I'm not someone to ask. I'm a bookworm. You know, that's how uh, I learned that way. But if I know of one sure. uh, that's not like 50 years old, <laughs> I will tell you. Or you know what? You can. I think there's English version of uh, The Journey to the West. There, oh my, you mean the 1990s the, one? The 1980s one. The one that I 1980s. watched growing up oh like gosh. every year. There, I watched one of those <laughs> and it was a little too out. It is, but still, <laughs> it's still a classic. Like there, there has not been another set that surpassed that one. And I think they're like literally English versions with the Monkey King and um, the, the Buddhist master speaking English. And you can't imagine how shocking that feels to the Chinese audience. <laughs> <laughs> like it's funny to a degree where we just like we can't sit still watching it. So I I would recommend that to you. You know the four classics mm. in um in, in Chinese literature they've all been made into uh, TV series. We call them TV series. So they you know there will be like mm. twenty, thirty, or even fifty episodes. Of the know, three I kingdoms. had this idea. Mm-hmm. I had this idea like three or four years ago. I tried, and I just couldn't get over how <laughs> dated, dated it was. and the sound uh, quality is actually not that good. The sound quality of the ones i was finding on youtube was really poor because it was you know decades decades, yeah i want to go try to run through some of these people you won't know them probably Mm -hmm. tony bennett passed away this year he he's a famous singer love his music paul rubens who played peewee herman so those people who who, in the west you'll know who that is bob barker you might know who this is he was the host of the prices right tv show for decades and decades and decades he passed away tina turner famous singer in the 1980s uh jerry springer who had the show up where he basically brought bizarre situations onto the show to show them the gentleman who played dumbledore michael gambon passed away the second dumbledore and of course here in china the only name that i knew of people who passed away was former chinese premier lee Keqiang. do you know of other people who passed away this year yeah well harry uh, kissinger right dr harry kissinger oh, right henry kissinger passed and away. charlie That's munger right. who died he was mm-hmm. 100 oh yeah he reached very <clears throat> yeah recently. but then you know after study buddhism i have a different um feel about uh, passing uh, people passing away, um, especially sure, for for people who are already in their nineties, you know, and also like you know for someone who is already a hundred. Uh, let's not be mm-hmm. too sad about uh, you know people. It, it's you know it's a natural death, right? Not every one of these you mentioned are natural death. Some um, pass away from sudden health conditions, which that which are uh, unfortunate. No matter how prominent or he or she is, you know, if they pass away in their 90s, late 90s, I think in Chinese we have a term called means happy funerals. When people who pass away in their 90s, they hold happy funerals because it means they've had mm. a long life and it's not easy to, to live a long life. So many things can happen in, you know, on the way that we shouldn't take any day for granted. The fact that we can do this now, we can talk about this now, Jason, uh, we should be grateful, right? That we, we will have, hopefully we will all have a tomorrow, 
right? And we should be grateful for that. And for someone who、mm. have so many grateful days, you know, accumulating into their late nineties, it's it's worth celebration.、Mm. They've made it. They are the winners. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So don't always feel so sad about it. Um, it's time. It's time. And、uh, hopefully they will、uh, rest peacefully. And、um, whatever information is left from their existence will travel to somewhere more peaceful. We have very little time left, so I'm going to ask my last question for you, Bebe. For you personally, Bebe,、mm. you and your family, you know, what were one or two significant milestones in 2023? Oh, we went out yesterday. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> that okay, was please elaborate. That was a milestone, and it didn't really、wow. happen.、Um, it's it wasn't really our initiative either.、Uh, my my、mm. college roommate、uh, from my sophomore year, and she's a really good friend. She came.、Um, mm. She's here in Beijing for Christmas holiday, and we met up and we took our kids to、uh, the Heavenly Temple. Uh, Tiantan,、mm. and we had a great time. Wow, there's great. there's still、yeah. snow there, but it's not、mm. as cold as、uh, you know a few days ago. A few days ago, it was freezing. We wouldn't think of、uh, going outside.、Um, but yesterday was calm and beautiful, and we hired a tour guide, which was a really smart thing to do. Because normally, you know, growing up with parents who are、um, very frugal, we would never、mm. think of spending. You know, like. Two hundred RMB on hiring someone. You pay this? Wow! Yes. You pay two hundred to have someone so, talk to you. Well, <laughs> talk to our kids about what this is all about.、Mm. So yeah, for people who are traveling to China, this is a great service. You know, you go to all these popular tourist destinations, but you know, for people in Beijing, it's just a park, right? It's the Tiantan Park. But for tourists, it's a, yeah, it's a must visit. There are usually tourists at the、uh, at the gate. This guy came up to us and asked, "Oh, do you need、uh, tourism service?" And、uh, um, and my my friend was like, yeah, sure. And it cost two hundred kwai, so that's what like thirty dollars. And、uh, he was talking like the entire trip, and sort of babysitting for us because we had three kids.、Mm. It was great, and、um, <laughs> we we had a little quiz at the end. And the kids remembered so much. You know why? How tall、wow. the 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 main building is? Why do they have the characters here? And on which path did the emperor walk? They will tell you all about it. And I I think there might even be services in English. You just have to ask around. And I think that will be a little bit more. Expensive, but it's worth it. It's really worth it.、Um, so yeah, and then you know、uh, we went to、uh, Nanlo Guxiang, which is really popular tourist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we go out so、it、little.、Is. We're like tourists ourselves, you know. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm so I'm so happy that you went to Nanlo Guxiang. That's a great place to go. <laughs> but it has turned into more like a shopping area. In the past, like I went there about like 15 years ago, I think it was more like a fancy local place, right, with lo- a lot of local yeah, shops. Yeah. But it's a little different now. Still,、uh, we walk out. Right,、It's、we、lovely. it was a day out. We plan to take our kids on a road trip in the next few days.、Mm. So I think next year, twenty.、Mm, 20- right. You're going out again. I know. Twenty twenty four is going to be different. Like we've been home for like Let, three、yeah. years. Like we got used to just、Maybe、staying 2024, home. Maybe twenty twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty twenty four. I'm excited for you. I know. Twenty twenty four is going to be the year that Bebe and her family go out all the time. And next time, <laughs> like Jason, you ask me, can you record next like Tuesday, Friday? I'm like, no, 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 sorry, on the road, on the road, on the road. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think、right. I'll be home most of the time. Well, but what about you, well, Jason? You, going out sometimes. Yes. Oh, for, I, <laughs> you I, I, start. Oh, uh, oh, I wrote a book, and <gasps> it's 
<gasps> at the publishers. Nice. And I'm hoping that it'll come out in the next month or two. Oh my gosh. I'm not sure. It's all up to them. It's going to be coming out in Chinese and in English. The English name is uh, The Exportation of Poverty. It's about China and the Belt and Road. Oh my goodness. Wait, so you there is a translator who uh, you hired a professional translator to turn it into I English? Did, I didn't hire anyone. I sent, I sent, you just I Googled it? <laughs> No, I sent the book to uh, foreign language publishers, who is a professional publisher here in China, the biggest one for foreign print media Mm. in China. They published Xi Jinping's books Mm -hmm. and they loved it and decided to publish it in English and in Chinese. They've already translated into Chinese. They sent me a copy of it. Beautiful. They're editing, uh, you know, all the periods and the commas and the quotation marks and, you know, Mm. the style and stuff. And it's been going on for a while, but sometime early 2024, these books will be coming out here in China in English and in Chinese. Wonderful. Can I have an autographed copy? Is that possible? Sure. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. Well, that sounds like a very fruitful year for you. (laughs) Well, thank you, baby. Thank you, listeners. Uh, We'll talk to you next time. See you next time, guys. See you in the new year. Bye. 